you're listening to the Spirit Hunters, a member of no particular network right now. We're uh, we're freelancing, baby. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe some of our old war buddies will get back together with us, or we'll figure this out. But uh, for right now, if uh, you're interested in finding out about more about us or who knows what, join our now public and free Discord group and support the show at patreoncom spirithunterpod. Season 3, Episode 27 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Megan. Joe. Hannah. And Sarah. Last time, we saw Poof do it for the king, shoot, shoot do it for himself, and Tagashi learn how to swim. This week, we listen to a wolf overthink himself into a battlefield. You better get ready. We are first covering Episode 115, Duty and Question, or in Japanese, Gimu to Gimon. And it was originally released in Japan on February 5th, 2014. The equivalent manga chapters are 273, um, 276, and 279. Oh, that's kind of skipping things, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's because in the manga they like skip around, and then in the anime they're like, how about we just have that contiguous story just be contiguous? Oh, that makes sense. And the first of these chapters was released in Japan on March 17th, 2008. While Knuckle distracts Yupi in a game of cat and mouse, Ikalgo explores the underground to find Palm, a woman he doesn't know because she risked her life to help and is a friend of friends. After discussion of an elevator system whose mechanism would make Yu Hakusho's gate of betrayal seem simple, it's revealed Bloster and Welfin are on Ikalgo's tail. Well, Welfin gets oversuspicious and decides to try to find his potential shadow broker sugar daddy, Biza, in the meantime instead. Gon and Kula catch up to Zeno, who tells Kula to make the call himself and that only he knows the mission. In a very cryptic and, of course, double entendre way, Melioron decides to power walk the halls while cloaked to reunite with Knuckle, but runs into Welfin and has a horror movie suspenseful scene where he has to literally find the right time to catch his breath before... Dodging skeptical homing missiles? The episode ends with Gon and Kula piercing the veil and finding Neferpito defenses down, performing surgery on the critical Komugi. A lot happened this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, until you said pierce the veil, I didn't realize that was like a saying other than the, the band. Oh, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Like, it sounds like a post-hardcore <laughs> band. <laughs> yeah, wait, you guys don't know pierce the yeah. veil? Pierce the yeah. veil. You know, now I'm wondering if it is a saying prior to that. I think it is. Like, I bet we're going to look it up and it's going to be Shakespeare, but you guys continue and I'll find it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's the Veil's the emo band go. or hard post hard yeah. rock. I can't remember, <laughs> but. Yeah. And they got really repopular back on, um, on the internet again for one of their older songs. I think it's like um, King for a Day. Yeah. Um, but they've, they've been around for many, many moons. This one, I love that you point out that Ikako doesn't actually know Palm. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> we're cool because we are we have the same friends, right? Cool. That's fine. I'll risk my life. It's good. It's a real 180 for Ikako. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is my well, favorite character. I swear to God. He's yeah. 
I would say maybe his time with Kilua and then the other hunters is so formative that he got rid of his skepticism and now he's like froze before strangers or the friend of my friend is my friend, basically. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know her, but I know her, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my homie's your homie and your homie's your yeah. homie. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, no, I really liked uh, Kago's arc. It's definitely one of those things where I was very stressed out for him, not only because the other ants like Bolster Welfin were suspicious of him, but also just like with the elevator itself. Like I was like, oh man, maybe because I was watching it after a long day that the the com- how complicated it was, it was giving me a headache. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh please. Um, but it was yeah i thought that this episode had a lot of good suspenseful moments just with um ikago but also melaronin as well and then just his interaction or lack of interaction with shoot was very heartbreaking just how it all went down which i don't know i I don't think that was part of your um summary joe uh yeah, I guess it wasn't. Was that this episode or was that? Th- uh, I guess that was this episode. Yeah, that's not next. Good call. Yeah. Sorry, I was just looking at the Pierce the Veil thing. It definitely is a saying, but I can't find a good etymology. Like, it's a saying that goes back to at least 1800, but I can't find an origin. Hmm. Oh, for Pierce the Veil? <laughs> yeah. Like, I was seeing some Bible <laughs> quotes, but they looked like slightly mistranslated. So I'm like, I don't think that's the actual origin. Anyways, yeah, I, I I didn't write that down for whatever reason. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. Um, I guess like to recap it, basically, while Mel Rowan's trying to either decide what to do, um, he sees that Shoot is basically like he's so injured that he's like falling on the ground. Um, he's like, oh, should I tell him to like go for it? Should I help him? But he's torn because he can only do so much especially maintaining his net ability um so he decides to help or warn gone and Kiloa instead to find them and just leave shoot on the ground wounded he's like you better survive i'm sorry and he's like crying <laughs> <laughs> the way you say it makes it sound like he, there's like a stamp he's like live for me and then like bolts it out of it yeah. no I mean, kind of it was more like a, it was also another power walk but yeah. it was still it was a very emotional power walk it's interesting he feels like like i don't really know what to make of his character because like it feels like ikalgo is very like consistently uh characterized while like melioron like earlier seemed much more cool collected and like he wanted to be on the winning side of things, not in like an evil way, but just more like an, I don't really want to take part in this and kind of right. like very cool. So it's interesting seeing him like become like this because like, it doesn't feel gradual to me. I don't really know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's actually true. I never really thought about it. Cause like, I've always had like a good opinion of him because we've watched the whole show. Right. But when you like break it up section by section, it really doesn't make, it makes sense, but it doesn't, it's not, you're right. It's like not like a call go where you're like, oh, you can see him changing in his like little teary eyes. <laughs> but with Melorion, you're like, oh, he's just doing things, I guess. That, I guess, furthers the plot or furthers his character development. Yeah, not to mention that like when he initially was, you know, talking with Gon and like Gon asked like how he knew 
like when he asked Gon, like how you know he knew that he could trust him, and Gon was like, "Well, why would you like if and if you're, if you're lying to me, then that's just tell me, and then I'll just kill you or whatever." And then you know Meliora, like then he asked Meliora, like, "Oh, why did you trust me?" And then he's like, "Oh, because to me you felt more like us than human," and Damn. like, yeah, I'm just thinking like, <laughs> where did that guy go? Yeah, <laughs> like I don't dislike Melioron as he is now. It just feels like two different characters, kind of. Right. Yeah. It. It's like a sudden shift. It's almost a little convenient. Like, I don't know if they just wanted to have maybe like a scene that was a little bit more emotionally driven in the midst of all this like fighting and chaos. But I felt like you kind of already had it with Knuckle. Um, so I don't know. Or in shoot too. So I don't know why they decided to make Miller on in that way. Maybe it's like, oh, man, he's so stressed out that he's in his feels and <laughs> he has a change of heart slightly. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, I don't dislike his like uh, the parts where he's afraid, like the parts where he's stressed and afraid. I actually really like and those felt like they could still fit in with the same character. It was more of the like crying over shoot thing where I was just like, yeah, I get what you're going for. And like, I think the first time I read it, I didn't think anything of it. But this time I'm like, that feels weird. Although I yeah. did really like it. The idea of like, I, I would like to tell him like to try his hardest, but it's pretty clear he already is. As he's like dragging yeah. himself across lubricated with blood. <laughs> I mean, imagine being told that. Like, how would you feel? I would be so insulted. It's like, dude, really? You don't see Yeah, just like being like, help. Like, you know, it, just him being like, hang in there, bro. And he's like, help me. <laughs> <laughs> Do something? Nah, I don't know. To be fair, though, what would Melioron be able to to do for for him anyway i, I don't think he'd be able to do much i think he's making the right choice he really it's yeah. just more like it's just more like it'd be yeah. yeah it's it's weirder that he's not just like oops whoopsie and then like kind of keeps walking away like we're just like being tearful mm-hmm. like really regretting it yeah yeah so um you guys remember the part where uh Ikalgo goes down the elevator and then like bloster and welfin follow and uh Welfin does that whole thing where he like goes in there and he's like, oh, fuck, it smells like someone dead in here. It just feels like at that point he should have figured out what was going on. Like, hey, someone is using a dead corpse because like he does other things that seem preternaturally intelligent. And then I think all the Chimera ants are constantly very suspicious and apparently he's the most suspicious. Mm -hmm. So it does feel like he'd be like, yeah, someone's puppeting around a dead corpse. Oh, Ikalgo, what's up? I mean, is Ikalgo really well known within he might not be well known but i think he could maybe think like someone like in the worst case he'd be like someone's weekend at bernie yeah (laughs) yeah his weekend at bernie's yeah um i think that moment kind of provided a little bit of levity though in a way oh yeah (laughs) because you're just like (laughs) what Mm -hmm. (laughs) of all this chaos they're not all right that's fine (laughs) No, I think the thing that followed it up was pretty funny to me where he's like, well, clearly they're wearing unscented deodorant. They must know about my power. And then I was like, is that what that means? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess like Ikalgo's power um, to like, be able to not only control the corpse, but also use her net is pretty crazy. But I guess like the fact that he can't stop body the body decaying kind of makes it a little more realistic like there's a weakness to it because like i was kind of surprised at first that he was able to use flutter um what is it flutter flutters like nen i was like what (laughs) initially i was like like biologically how does this work like it's like a 
But anyways, I thought it was interesting. He had previously used that dead dude's uh, flea uh, sniper nan previously. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I wonder how that works. Like, I, I'm sure there's an explanation. I just don't remember. But um... I'd be curious about that, too. They're definitely not going to reveal it, but I would be curious, mm-hmm. especially with specialist shit. Yeah. Although, I guess if we live in a world where Krollo can steal people's powers, why can't Ikalgo do this? That's true. That's very true. I mean, I guess it's a way to make it different. It's like, he does the same thing, but worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about Gon and Kila running into uh, Zeno and how that scene went down? I think it was an interesting twist on the like coming of age thing where like, you know, his grandfather was like, there's something different about him now. And like, I think we may have previously touched on this idea of like whether pulling the needle out of his head is a rite of passage or was not something he was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure which it is because as the successor, you would think they would eventually want him to realize the needle was there and pull it out himself. But, like, I don't know if we have enough information. And also, like, I feel like the way his grandfather treats him is with, like, more care than his parents who are just abusive. Mm -hmm. While it seems like his grandfather feels like more of, like, a, hey, I'm, like, the head of, like, a ninja clan. And, like, clearly this is, like, you know, still going to be a very rough life. But, like, he does care. But, like, in a, hey, we could all die on the battlefield any day. So we got to live this way. Mm -hmm. Way. It feels weird. It's because it's like it's like that generational trauma thing where like he's probably really shitty to his dad and then his dad was pretty shitty to Kilua, but like for some reason he's totally chill with Kilua. You know, it's like the yeah. reverse Encanto. <laughs> oh, I wasn't yeah. even gonna say Encanto. I was just be like, Oh, you mean you mean being an Asian parent? <laughs> Maybe yeah, being Asian is weird. That's true. Yeah. It, it's at it's at uh that generation separation that allows, I guess, like they change how their other behavior is like mm-hmm. your grandkids are always going to be a lot sweeter towards their grandkids versus like their kids yeah because like my mom and dad will tell me like horror or like my mom because my dad's parents are all dead um will tell me like basically horror stories not horror horror stories but like how like mean angry grandpa can get and i like never <laughs> so I yeah. like that, i'm like oh he's chill he's my grandpa he's chilling he's going but he's chilling um <laughs> kind of yeah I'm, I'm right there with you like <laughs> yeah. my my grandfather wasn't mean so much as like incredibly strict yeah it's that mm-hmm. it's that yeah. and zeno's not nice to to kill his dad i can never oh yeah the name. part where like he's just like where, where he's willing to just kill his uh no actually it's the opposite where he's like i don't know just fucking kill me as part of this assassination yeah he's like just kill <laughs> your dad just yeah, kill you you've always wanted to you've always wanted to it's like wow this is uh this is a lot um, but I was going to say, I did think it was interesting what he said regarding like them entering the room, though, piercing the veil, if you will. Um, but he said, like, all I know is the mission. And like, I took that two ways. You know, obviously, it'd probably be better if I could understand Japanese and understand what the original line was. But it is interesting, the idea of like, oh, yeah, I was only given mission briefing, but also the idea of like, I only understand things in the black and white terms of the mission. And what is happening here clearly violates everything I've ever known about like right and wrong and i need to walk away right now and um i think it's interesting because now that i say it it's like very much like the whole thing with sensui but the opposite like finding like a scene of like unimaginable kindness and being like i need to get out of here yeah i like that scene i mean i felt like it 
I don't know if it will foreshadow more into Kilawa's arc is, but he felt like he's gone through a lot of very significant emotional, not emotional, not milestones, but it's it's almost as like he's like he's found like new friends outside of gone and now he's gotten like semi recognition from his grandfather and what's the next thing that he's going to have um within this arc so i just feel like he was he hitting all like the what i would think would be typical main character stuff um versus what gone i feel like gone yeah. right now is very singular and like <laughs> especially with the ending is like oh wow it's time for revenge yeah, yeah. which <laughs> is a lot darker than you would think <laughs> From, from him at least like if I watched like the series I had no idea and I only saw like the pictures like promo pictures I wouldn't have guessed that Khan is now going to be the Avenger yeah <laughs> of, of his arc I thought it would just be Kiloa. <laughs> yeah or or Kurapika if oh, Kurapika, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah oh man I can't re- forget Kurapika I miss his shenanigans yeah you're, you're gonna be his murderous shenanigans no worries <laughs> oh man someday we're gonna have to talk about the new hunter hunter but I'm glad that that's going on while we're building up to it mm-hmm. well we'll get to it in two years um <laughs> this right yeah. <laughs> yeah but I was gonna say like uh yeah I I do like this when shonen does this where there is like a character duo but the main character is too simple. So for a while, the like secondary becomes like the main. Like you mm-hmm. see this in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure season five, where like the main character is such a goody two shoes. Like we're we're just like, yeah, his his buddy with a bunch of zippers is gonna be the main character for a while. <laughs> just like <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. I do like how the assassination people are like pretty I like how they make it like it's about a job. It's not that we're murdering people. It's that we <laughs> we're getting paid to do it. So it's morally ambiguous. See, see, versus like guys were murdering people. I mean, capitalism. It's like the ant should have gone in a contract, yeah. and then it would yeah. be fine. Yeah, <laughs> because like gone has no problems at all. I know this is an old episode that I'm talking about, but like he really has no problems with Kilo murdering people and continuing to murder people. <laughs> yeah, and then and then go and murdered people in ways that like yeah. Yusuke, who is like an ostensibly darker character, would never mm-hmm. have done. Yeah, like I think we talked about it, but like that first Chimera ant that he just like crushes to death, like just like crushes <laughs> his organs in his hands. It's yeah. just like, oh yeah, Yusuke would literally never have done that. <laughs> Quite literally, wouldn't mm-hmm. do it. Like, I mean, Yusuke definitely killed a bunch of demons, but if he was like so much stronger than another dude, he probably and like the guy was sentient, he probably would just pushed him off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, like, I think Yusuke's, like, everything about generations, attitudes, he's, like, Gen Z, he's, like, kind of fatalistic, but he's also, you know, has a lot of heart and is trying to think about what the right things to do, but Gon is Gen Alpha, and he's just feral. So his moral compass <laughs> is from whatever the iPad gave him. <laughs> and basically... Oh, my God. <laughs> Alpha is feral. Damn, he, he watched too many Momo videos. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was going to say, uh, it, it reminds me of like something from, again, Yu show, the part where Sensui's talking... Oh, no, Itsuki is talking about why like Shinobu was able to become the way he is. He's He said something to the effect of like evil men have hearts that are stained like newspaper. Like you can put like a drop of ink on it, but it won't get that far. 
Meanwhile, like uh, people like Gon, people like Sensui are white are like white pure white paper. The moment you put a single drop of ink on it, it consumes the entire thing. Of course. So what I'm really saying is that Suki would have loved Gon. <laughs> Probably would have adopted him with Sensui, and you know, oh my god, live a yo, idyllic life dads. in that little <laughs> altered space that they had. <laughs> I was. <laughs> As I said, ultimate gay dads, I was like, yeah, since we's the ultimate they, them, there's seven people there. <laughs> I'm sorry, that one had to happen. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I have for uh, that anime episode. Do you guys have any more thoughts or should I jump onto the manga? Because there's um, not really much difference. I think the only other thing was just like how the last scene when mm -hmm. it's that close up on gone and just like the pure rage and oh yeah how it was depicted in the anime art wise it i think visually is very striking because it was um like so like scary like i don't think i've ever seen gone be that intense and malicious before mm -hmm. so i thought that was like a really good change pace and also pito looked scared as shit and i was like wow that's the first time i saw them scared <laughs> really thrown off yeah i think part of it that is like using dr blythe and just being like because i think they've mentioned that they have to have their like they're basically in zetsu while using dr blythe right so like they could just be killed by like i won't say anyone but by anyone significantly powerful using like actual nen attacks <laughs> so that's the secret you just have to trick <laughs> Oh, you just have to trick Pito into healing someone, I guess. <laughs> someone they really care about. Who you think it is. Or, you know, similarly to Ikalgo, a friend of a friend. A friend of a friend. <laughs> Imagine. Um, I think... I'm glad you brought up the last scene because, like, that... Mm -hmm. It was just basically, like, we knew he was pissed, right? I think it was just, like, a clear reminder that, like, hey... Gon isn't holding back. This isn't Goku. Like, this isn't like, yeah. a, we can just be friends. It's okay. I forgive you. Said, no, 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 no. This is like pure unadulterated rage um, from Gon at this moment. So I, I really like that they put it in there. Oh, sorry. I guess that's a good point because like oftentimes I use Goku as sort of the uh, point to talk about Gon as like the nature boy, as like the pure hearted individual. Mm -hmm. But like, I think this is a way that they significantly diverge because like Goku like never really tries to kill someone unless he like has to. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even then like. Yeah. And even then like he, he straight up like gave Frieza some of his energy. And the only reason like Frieza even got cut in half was because he like cut himself in half. And Goku only blew him up after Frieza tried using the energy that he was given to heal himself to like shoot Goku. <laughs> <laughs> he's like man we i gave you a shot yeah it's like d dog th like i i don't know what you're doing anymore <laughs> but yet oh my god it's it's like the black knight in in a number of ways not not the martin lawrence movie okay. not the martin like, lawrence well, movie the, we're gonna talk the about this again that's Monty fine. python scene <laughs> but also the martin lawrence movie also the martin lawrence movie yes um but uh, I think another thing that was interesting about this episode that I'm just remembering now is there was a part where Welfin is just like, I don't know, should I even be working for the Chimera Ants? And I'm just like, <laughs> where did this come from? <laughs> I I have to assume it's like one of those like moments where 
they wanted to show that like people are breaking off slowly but like it feels really unearned by comparison to like any other yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it makes a little bit of sense from the idea of him being very self-centered and mm-hmm. suspicious so maybe it's less like oh i disagree with their actions and more like oh man i think they're gonna lose i need to get out of here yeah yeah so I think it makes sense from that angle, maybe. Oh, yeah. spe- I forgot to bring this up. What did you guys think of his power? I think it's very interesting, um, the idea of, like, it has an order or a question, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this power? Wait, what is the power? <laughs> it's called Missile Man. It's just like a missile backpack he has that he shoots <laughs> around a corner. <laughs> Does this ring any bells? No. Yeah, I thought kind that of. was... I mean, it, I thought it was, like, out of all the powers he could have, it just seemed kind of random. Um, also kind of cute, in a way. I was like, oh, <laughs> he's a little bad back. <laughs> oh, and he also, like, bent over to use it. At which point I noticed that he had, like, a fucking chitin, like, thong. And I was just like, yeah, this is a, this is a really slutty furry, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's, furry. okay, this is a really sex-positive furry. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Slutty in the good way. Yeah, slutty in the good way. This is, yo, this is a very liberated furry. God damn it. God damn it. But I just saw, like, the chitin thong, and I was like, all right, that's a choice, Togashi. You're you're working on some stuff, too, I guess. <laughs> good. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I... Oh, there one last thing. I forgot to mm-hmm. mention this at the top of the episode, but the song that they played as Ikalgo was searching, uh, you know, underground was a slowed down version of Netero's theme like uh what's it called something of the warrior oh. uh, I'm, I'm totally fucking this up but it's like Netero's theme but slowed down i don't think there's any significance to it it was just cool so as for the manga the only real big difference is that instead of finding Zeno just standing there he's like teleporting around oh he's like doing a search <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I don't know what the fuck he's doing maybe he just got out of the room he was in or something too uh, I have some cool manga shots, but I forgot to put them in the notes. But I will attempt to describe them to you guys. Oh, yeah, there is actually a really cool difference. Let me send this one to you guys. That's probably better that you describe it so that the listeners at home can kind of get a feel of what you're talking about. I'll describe it first. You guys can react, and then I'll send it to you. And then okay, see, see, see how close you were. Mm-hmm. But in order to emphasize how much... Oh, wait, this might be into the next episode. Do they talk about, like pito not caring what gon has to say now or in the next episode i'm assuming the next episode um oh okay yeah that was later in the anime but it's now in the manga let me send you one that is here now but uh you know the part where knuckle like ran away from yupi in order to get him away from shoot mm-hmm. for some reason they have a picture of the dear glorious leader minjol ik but he's in front of a uh, he's in front of like a Japanese imperial sun, so <laughs> this place is definitely mostly North Korea, but it's also weirdly imperial Japan too. It's like a commentary, like a self actualization, like you know what I mean, like a self realization type of thing. Or... I mean, I think that's on purpose for reasons that we'll get into at the end of this saga. Cool. I think cool. it's very much on purpose, and I think a lot of this is about World War II. But anyways, <laughs> let me send you the image now. Oh, user, uh, listeners, users, Jesus Christ. Uh, You can find uh, all these images on our Instagram. And you'll see it. And it's just like a cartoon version of (laughs) Kim Jong-il with a toupee on a wall in the background. Oh. 
You see that oh, shit? It is. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's pretty weird. Okay, with that said, we can now move on to the next episode. It's actually um, kind of cute for a dictator. <laughs> Anyways, did anyone die? Uh, no. So we yeah, can't I guess rate we cannot those rate. deaths. <laughs> yeah, we cannot rate those deaths. Zero out of zero. Zero out of zero. I mean, we, we don't know. Maybe Shoot died. No, Shoot's still alive. No, okay. <laughs> Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, we are not in a network right now, so I'm not going to do any. Hey, do you, any of you guys have anything that you want to plug? Um, there's a recession happening, maybe, I think. Hey, be kind to your fellow person. Um, uh, <laughs> donate to charity? Donate to charity. Be the charity you want to donate to. Yeah, no. like tip, like as always, tip service workers. Yeah, please, please. Please tip at least twenty percent. <laughs> yeah, if you are if you're balling enough to eat out during these hard times, you should fucking tip. Most likely, yeah. Just just put that out there. There's tip out. There's like it, you can cost somebody money, like just like by losing money. Like the absence of you doing nothing is is not neutral. It's negative. So just putting that out there. Does that make sense? I don't know. I don't know. It made sense. There was something about the phrasing where I was like parsing it for a second. Then I'm like, I, I get what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, anyways, and now, uh, oh, and you know, speaking of being thankful, we want to <laughs> thank some of our patrons: uh, <laughs> Tim, Mia, Hanaro, yeah. Arthur, Voltaire, yeah. hey. Mickey, Alexander, and Lucas. Uh, and I was going to say now a word from our compatriots and benefactors, but who knows? Maybe Tommy will just play the, the entire episode backward. Like every time I say the word B, it gets a little faster. <laughs> it's a little faster. Just like the B oh, movie. Oh, man. Man, let's advertise for the B movie. Hey, you guys ever wanted to see no. Jerry Seinfeld fuck a woman? Okay, so can you tell me you're old by the memes that we re, re try to talk about? <laughs> Yeah, let's let's talk about real old memes. Anyways, this is how uh, you know we know we're like a certain part of the millennial generation yeah. is by the memes that we're constantly referencing. Nine eleven, the meme nine eleven. Oh my god! Okay, wow. Okay, and with that, uh, we'll, we'll go to break. America. Explode When Defeated presents something really neat and full of meat. Those children aren't going to protect themselves in a brand new podcast series about everyone's favorite giant reptile. Godzilla? No, we already did that one. Rodan? No, uh, we did that one too. Gorgo? Gamera. We're talking about Gamera. From turtles to medieval samurai golems on our new series, Demolition Die. Only on the HyperX Podcast Network. Video Death Loop is the show where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. Come in on any episode. Video Death Loop, new episodes every Friday. We are on episode 116, Revenge and Recovery. Or in Japanese, Fukushu to Shufuku. Um, it was originally released in Japan on February 12, 2014. The equivalent manga chapters are 274 through 275, which were released in Japan on March 24, 2008. Yeah, and uh, so in this episode, Gon spends most of the episode unable to understand the small amount of 
moral relativism even normal people perform in choosing enemies and allies as he repeatedly threatens Pito, who eventually begs him to let them heal Komugi before the inevitable contact where they were supposed where they would supposedly heal Kite. Yeah, so this is a lot of uh, Gon being like, uh, and Pito being like, uh. Dude, dude, my friend of my friend is like dying right now. I gotta. Yeah, no, this is a um, culmination of a lot of things. Like, I guess, like, how did you guys feel? Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to start with Sarah. You know, kind of coming into this new. Mm. Um, I'm assuming some of this might have been spoiled for you uh getting here but i'm curious like how you were feeling um yes i think this is one of the things if i did see any spoilers it was kind of alluding to this moment um or at least this confrontation but actually watch it play out um i thought he would just go ahead and tack right then and there as soon as he saw but the fact that they were waiting i was like oh i didn't expect this so i think it felt very tense um and I think just seeing Gon's like single-mindedness about the entire thing while you would find like other, um, like let's say for example, Naturo and Zeno, they're like, wait a minute, we can't just attack. Like that'd be a low blow. But Gon is like, why can't I? I Why can't I? I don't understand why I can't. It's interesting to see that contrast. So it's like either maybe it could be something related to age or maybe in terms of more of their personality or what they hold as like important to their morals and what to follow so yeah. yeah i i thought it was interesting and the fact that gone was just so angry <laughs> at pito not just because like oh um you killed kite but now you're healing whoever this person is like i don't know who this is yeah <laughs> i don't care <laughs> <laughs> The Scorpio and me agreed. I was like, yeah, I don't be pissed too. <laughs> it's Whoa. that like, I love that like unconditional like rage, right? Like it doesn't have to be logical. It doesn't have to make sense. Like we know Komogi is like kind of this innocent bystander mm-hmm. who's just playing her game, mm-hmm. making sure that no one, I mean, un- essentially saving the world by like playing Gungi. Like <laughs> she doesn't know it, right? But like, the the king is so wrapped up in her that like he can't literally do anything else right um but like gone doesn't think about that he's just so pissed mm-hmm. and i feel like that's so real because if i don't know if i ever threw a tantrum when i was 12 years old that's how i was <laughs> i couldn't yeah. see logic i couldn't see straight it's true i only saw red like why'd you eat my toast like there was no <laughs> calming me down there was no you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's interesting that you pointed out a difference between Netero and Gon because like Netero, there's definitely some weirdness to him with like, he would definitely let people die due to the, like their own weakness or like lack of strength, but he's never just going to fucking kill someone who's weak yeah. or at least go out of his way to do it. Meanwhile, Gon's like, I don't know. How would I waste the girl? Let's fucking go. <laughs> Yeah, like he obviously isn't gonna attack Kamugi directly, but if he attacks Pito while she's trying, they're trying to save Kamugi, then Kamugi's gonna die, like collateral damage in a more direct way than I would say like Natoo would probably consider. Because like when you really think about it, Gon is only really concerned with what's in front of him or like what he considers important, and at the end of the day. Uh, Kumugi is not important that he's she she's 
a stranger. She does. She's like a outlier that doesn't really like affect him, but it does affect Neverpito, which makes him pissed because all he wants to do is fight them, but he can't. So it's just which leads to the tantrum. It's like Gon isn't really. He's really concentrated on his own motivations, his own feelings. And a lot of the times, yeah, it concerns other people that he cares about. But if you're out of the scope of what he cares about, he won't think about you. So, and that, so which is why I think he was so angry on having to wait to fight Neferpito. And which is why he, like, is still at this point impatient. He doesn't want to wait another three whole hours just so he can fight, um, get vengeance on someone he cares deeply about. Um, so that's why he gave like, the hour ultimatum, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think there's, like, so gone as, like, a incredibly morally simple child mm-hmm. can't deal with the hypocrisy that is the moral relativism of liking certain people more than others. Mm, and so he's right. like, how could you possibly heal this person if you've hurt this other person? Yeah. Yeah. Especially you hurt the person <laughs> I care about, but you're helping this person. I don't know. And like, it, it is kind of cool that it is kind of inverting tropes about like the purity of like being anti-hypocritical because like a lot of Gon's character is just being like, hey man, maybe these tropes are like rare in real human beings because they are harmful. Yeah, maybe giving the guy with like the nuclear weapon more time to give him like to press that button like Goku might have done <laughs> might be harmful to the human race than maybe like stopping him <laughs> like full stop. Yeah, the, the difference there is that like Goku would have been like oh my god I figured it out and he would have stopped like the nuclear chain reaction happening <laughs> yeah. and he would yeah, have like physically stopped like each of the atoms colliding it's like mm-hmm. wow Goku you did it yeah that's true <laughs> like that time in Dragon Ball Super when he fought that dude and figured out the theory of relativity experimentally I was like yeah you're just doing this huh <laughs> wait is that a real episode of Dragon Ball yeah, like okay so spoilers oh for Dragon Ball Super but there's straight up a part where it's just like oh my god I figured out how you're controlling the flow of time because you're bending space and then I was like oh my god <laughs> Goku figured out the theory of relativity because it was in a fight context Goku the man who was tricked into two children <laughs> tricked that's because it wasn't a fight that's why <laughs> man can math when it's a fight you can read when it's a fight basically yeah um so that part i said earlier about uh pito's aura being down this is kind of echoed um i think Kila thinks to himself like gon has a totally different aura than before no one can fight that naked um and like the idea of like oh even with as strong as pito is at like a natural level they would be like fucked up if they can't like put their nan up mm-hmm Another thing that I think was interesting is we had talked about whether or not uh, Pito is afraid for themselves or afraid for Komugi. And then a line comes into the effect of, uh, I think the direct quote is, this looks like a mother shielding her young with her own body. Um, and we'll get to the comparison with the manga there because that line is slightly different. But I, I think it's a, a good comparison just how much like Pito is absolutely doing this so that she doesn't get killed. And not because she particularly loves Komugi, but because of like who she means to someone else. Which I guess, again, then echo- echoes the Akalgo thing we talked about earlier. <laughs> My friend of a friend. <laughs> right. It was foreshadowing. <laughs> in a weird way. Right. 
But it's like interesting because through while Ikago showed more determination, um, Pizzo's showing desperation. And I think mm. that's what the relationships that they have with this important person is the important person of who I find important, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd also say that it has to do with their own personal power because in Ikalgo's case, he's being brought up by his heroism while in like uh, Pito's case, they're being chained down by right. like, taking care of another person. Right. Um, and so, you know, Gon it, like introduces themselves as like, I came here so I can make Kite whole again. And then like as he, as like Pito puts their hands down in like a gesture of submission, like Gon's eyes dilate and he gets incredibly pissed. <laughs> yeah well but i can try to imagine what it's in his shoes this is someone who he perceived as being incredibly strong strong enough to kill someone that he respects and saw as powerful so for them to basically like roll on their belly and act weak would be hella insulting at least as a, if I if I was already in like rage mode for what the past week and a half, that would just be like the tipping point. He's like, really, <laughs> you're gonna play this right now, right here? Where mm. where was this when you killed my my uncle dad figure? <laughs> uncle dad that I knew for technically ten years, but like show wise, two episodes. <laughs> right. Hey, my dad who was incre- my uncle dad figure who was very important in the manga and was repeatedly referenced and then the anime they fucked it up. <laughs> but yet still- even in anime terms, he's still a better dad than <laughs> Yeah. Hey man, that guy made an entire island for his son. Yeah, but did refuse to talk to him and also refused to meet with him if he made a single friend. <laughs> hey man. Hey man, <laughs> nothing more. <laughs> Court adjourned. Um, hey man, haven't you ever had a narcissist father? <laughs> I, I've not. That's not actually about my family. That, that's more like a, it really sounds like some shit. Something. Um, I think what's also crazy is this is like really Gon's villain episode. Like he he'd be he'd be he'd be like really like I think this is the episode where I was like, damn, dude, like yeah i get it but like also i'm not as angry as you are like and i think that's kind of the point right i think one of the Mm -hmm. tipping points too was not only like his anger toward nefertu but his like disc like his disregard for Mm kilawa and his feelings and like the particular moments where he kila was you know he was just like kila you're irrelevant right now like i don't give a shit man you do what you want to do i'm focused on this um which is like completely opposite of what kila does because i think Kilwa does pretty much everything for Gon in a way. Like, I think a lot of Kilwa's moves are for Gon and not himself. Like, all of his arcs revolve pretty much around Gon. I could be wrong, though. I mean, that's changing right now during the Chimera saga, but to this point, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, this is also kind of underlined by, like, this whole monologue Kilwa <laughs> has inside his mind where he's thinking through, like, the tactics and the logistics and stuff, and he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, Komugi must have been the third party during the extermi- that the extermination team didn't know about and why, you know, like the king hurt himself and stuff. And it's just like, and I cannot tell Gon this because it will not fucking matter. <laughs> He's like, he won't give a shit. I like how Kilo accurately got the plot down. I mean, obviously it's like one writing dude writing everything. But like, I think a reasonable amount. He's like, I can infer from this weird ass situation here that Komugi, normal human, <laughs> is somehow having hold over the king um which i think is which is great but also like kind of funny 
<laughs> I do think we underrate how intelligent Kilo is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the time that he was like letting himself get shot with sniper bullets in order to figure out the trajectory of something because he's like, this will actually allow me to figure it out better than using N. And it's just like, okay, this is an insane move, but go off, I guess. Slay King, slay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I think it's a lot of like, oh yeah, Kiwa is really good at deduction. He's just maybe not as imaginative as Gon, but he's incredibly good at deduction. Mm-hmm. So what did you guys think of like sort of Pito's promise? Like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking heal Kite. Come on, just give me some time. I'll heal Kite. This is all good. Because I, I guess like, you know, two of you have obviously seen the series through. Sarah, what do you make of this? I mean... I don't see a reason for them to lie. Oh, yeah, I do see a reason for them to lie. I take that back. It didn't feel quite sincere. Like It felt more in the moment of desperation just so that they could finish what they were tasked to do. And gone, it was just it was so hard-pressed to like fight that. That's the only thing that they could think of in order to um, prevent it from him attacking. So... Because I do, Pito has shown like instances where they are not like explicitly like a trickster. Maybe because they've always had like a very playful vibe to them. It doesn't surprise me that if they just said this to be deceitful, like I don't think they're gonna follow through with healing kite. But who knows? I could be I could be wrong. Well, I'm curious to see your evolving thoughts on that as we go through, because there's definitely a dynamic here. So I'm curious. Um, so I think Megan may have alluded this, uh, to this earlier, but, uh, I think Kula is about to interrupt and Gon like literally tells him to shut up. <laughs> oh I, yeah. I don't know he says the phrase <laughs> shut up, but he says, Kula, I'm the one asking the questions here. And it's, it's, it's pretty close to shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> like, so I think, um, absolutely brutal moment kind of portends some interesting stuff. Um, uh, just Oh, Megan, we, I was just saying that we just got to the part where Kula says, uh, no, where Gon says to Kula, I'm the one asking the questions here. Damn. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's it's cold. So, cold. That is yeah, it's cold. Like, it's friend. Best friend. Not a good friend at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Selfish. <laughs> yeah. Rude. 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 Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He's in timeout now. Gon's in timeout after this, okay? You can have your tantrum, but you're in timeout after. Yeah, this is real only child shit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no parents only child. Aww. No, you you've seen you've seen that fucking meme that's like fatherless behavior, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so straight. I'm stealing this one from I'm stealing this one from the the podcast um Gone Wheel Hunting. I've been catching up on their coverage of the Khmer Ant saga as well. And they just keep on saying straight up fatherless behavior, and I'm like, yeah, right here, definitely. <laughs> I love that fatherless behavior. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I think at this point, Pito says something to the effect of like the reason that uh, they want to heal the girl is because if she ceases to exist, the king will cease to be himself. Mm. And um, just that like, I don't think there's any tricks in that. I think they really mean that. And like, they're kind of letting it out at the surface in a way that I don't think they would have liked to have. It was just kind of something that just had to come out because it was the truth and they're incredibly stressed. Oh, and this is the point where, you know, Gon freaks out and he's like, how dare you say that? And Pito's like, I, I got an idea. I got an idea. How about this? And then just breaks their own arm. <laughs> that was genuinely a shocking moment for me because I think the first time I watched this, I was like paying attention, but like I might have like looked away or something. And then the next thing he's like, rip, here you go. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then then they go on to say, like, I could also just break my legs. Come on, what's up? I'm serious about this. I could break my legs. And don't worry, it still hurts, okay? It's not like this isn't painful for me. This fucking hurts. <laughs> I, I do think it's interesting that it was kind of an imitation of, you know, Meruem having done that with his arm previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also very Japanese. Uh, and not, like, J- Japan general, but more like, oh, the Yakuza do something similar. We're like, oh, yeah, you pay certain things in debts by, like, cutting off parts of your body, starting with, like, yeah. a pinky or, like, mm-hmm. going yeah. to other fingers if you need to. Like, a literal eye for an eye. Like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, and so this is kind of this is kind of that, just the idea of, like, you know what? I don't really have possessions. I'm, like, a literal servant to the king. But what if I just, like, cut off my own arm? Let's go. I wish I had a chicken wing right now to put up to the microphone and just break it in half and be like, this is it, listeners. Crack. Do live on air fully. No, no, no. Hold on. What, what makes it sound like? Oh. Do you have uh, celery? Because celery sounds like breaking bones, too. Oh, oh, damn. Can't believe Megan just broke her neck. Oh, my neck. My neck. <laughs> Megan's dead. I'm dead. My back. That was, yeah, that was, that was uh, I don't know. What are you making up for, Megan? Speak, it's the holiday season. <laughs> it's all the 9-11 jokes. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. It happens every year. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> then then uh, Pito further says, if you truly uh, don't, if you truly think I won't break my body, you can do it yourself if it doesn't get in the way of my ability to treat her. And then I was like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> my God, dude. <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> Yeah, like her tactics are pretty like, I mean, her tactics aren't tactics. Really, it's just her making herself be as pitiful and as like small as possible for her to just right. do this one job. And then she can just go off and die, essentially, is what she's saying. Right. Yeah. Which I think would work for anyone else to, um, you know, like calm them down. But Gone's on anyone else and it no, just makes him more situation. mad it honestly probably would have worked on gone specifically if she didn't murder specifically kite you That's know what true. i mean like if yeah. she had killed in battle like i don't know i can't name another person right now but someone who's like not as dear to him right Pokal. yeah pokel if she killed pokel in battle he'd be like all right well he knew what he's getting into he's an ant or he's a he was a he's a hunter like whatever he's an idiot He's an idiot. Okay, I'll, 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 we'll fight this out later. But like, specifically because it's gone, and specifically because it's kite, it's like not, <laughs> not gonna work. Exactly. Yeah. So Gon starts a uh, Jajankan, and uh, you know the music tenses up, and then Kula says that if Gon kills Pito, then Kite will never be whole again. And so you know, Gon lets down his guard, and then says, "Must be real nice for you." You can stay calm because it's not your fight. Oh, oh. god damn. No. Okay. Man. Oh, right. Jesus Christ. This truly is fatherless behavior. Okay, no. to be fair, Kula actually yes. does have a pretty good comeback here, which is we're here to get Kite back. Get it together, damn it. Yeah, that's true. At least Kula's able to like roll it off. It makes me think like, is gone? You know how is he saying these things? Um, as a reaction, like not thinking about it, or is he saying things intentionally, knowing that will really, really hurt? It's not that he's dumb. It's I think he doesn't think about those things that way. 
like if he like it's this is a really bad way to describe it but people who i'm trying not to be like weird here um i'm trying to think of the best way to describe this is you might just not naturally think about things that way but if it was presented to you logically you could figure it out that way but i Mm -hmm. don't think gon is naturally thinking about it that way so i think he's literally just saying what he thinks is true oh right so not with malintent just being like this is what i this is like the truth according to my eyes so i'm just saying it straight i think it also kind of goes with his self-centeredness where he's like clearly you'd be more angry about this if you really cared about it yeah um so what's interesting is gone then says the most unhinged shit in the series where after the like get it together damn it he pulls the like quote-unquote unemotional boyfriend during an argument uh card and he's like okay i'm calm now (laughs) oh yeah it's like are you i don't know if you are i don't know if you know what that means like how the the light like the shift in how his eyes look just gamey like the heebie-jeebies like this kid is not okay like if he wasn't okay before he's definitely not okay now <laughs> hey sarah quit being so emotional about this i'm i'm clearly calmed down <laughs> there's a whole punch of the wall man our tv's broken are you sure <laughs> you just gotta quit being so emotional about kula god anyways <laughs> um so yeah basically gone then's like okay i'll wait here for one hour and then fucking strikes the hisoka pose from heaven's arena where he's just like sitting on the ground like one arm like 90 degrees to the ground really over his knee I'm, I'm motioning this to the other host but y'all can't see it but just uh you know it's the <laughs> hunter hunter goat pose mm-hmm. and that's how the episode ends <laughs> yeah i thought Kilo's reaction to after Gon said he was calm was very interesting. It, the way that it was drawn in the art, you could see that he was sad at that. Like normally, someone would say, "Oh, I'm calm now." He would show relief, but Kilua looked almost devastated, like not devastated, but resigned to it. Like he, he knows that whatever Gon is going through. And whatever's going to happen, it probably is not going to make anything for the better, at least for Gon's, like, well-being. Um, so I thought that was, I don't know, it, it, made, it broke my heart a little bit. It's like, this, just, this hurts. I just had a really dark thought about maybe a place Kilo has maybe seen this. Like the, oh, I'm calm now. Like, oh. this strikes me as something Illumi would have said right after doing some psychopathic shit. Oh no! <laughs> oh, yeah, and like him just being like, "Ah, oh, I guess I'm dating my older brother." I guess. Oh no! <laughs> he's trapped in the abuse cycle. Oh, no. Yeah, basically. He like he's not taking Gon's not taking responsibility for his own actions. He's just kind mm-hmm. of like pushing it on in Kilua, or even yeah, pushing it on Kilua essentially. Yeah, um, I think a long time ago we talked about the idea of kula sort of being from like being liable to being vulnerable to codependent relationships with abusers and mm-hmm. i didn't spell it out at the time just because i wasn't like going's gonna break bad um but like because it was a long time ago mm-hmm. and we can spend a lot of time talking about this another time later i don't think 
Gon's like actually been physically abusive, but he's done some really questionable shit. Like the like, right. I don't know, Kila, how about you just keep on letting me break your hands while we do this dodgeball game, shit like that. Yeah. And like I think all that stuff is kind of falling into place now. Right. Like it's not abusive, it's toxic for sure and unhealthy. I think it is abusive, just maybe not physically abusive in the directed like, sense emotion- that we talk about. Emotionally. Yeah, emotionally, and then taking advantage of the other person's like devotion. Manipulative, yeah. Because Dawn definitely does that. Like, the volleyball scene is probably one of those times yeah. where it's just like, ooh, in order for me to get stronger, I need to break your hands, essentially. And, like, I know full Bullshit. well I break your hands, but I trust you. I trust you. Like, I trust you can handle this pain because it's for my life. <laughs> oh, my God. The way you say that makes it sound even more abusory. It's just like, <laughs> you know, you're the only one who I who I can mm-hmm. trust to break their hands. Yeah. Essentially Baby. is what he said. Yeah. Genuinely, he said, like, oh, hey, I c- someone else stepped in and was like, hey, can I do it? Like, I can yeah, sub in. Yeah, a 40 year old like, grown man was like, you know, I can uh, shift I can the men around too. my body real fast. You can break my hands. Uh, it's I don't but, really need them anymore. I'm 40. Yeah. I think he's only 23, but they all look 40 compared to the 10 year old. Okay, to be fair, it says Gera, so he might actually be 40. He might actually be 40. <laughs> and Gon was like, no. Because I have faith in my friend, which at the time, if you don't read too much into it, seems really sweet, right? The second time you watch it, you're like, are we sure, like, he really cares about Kilawa? Because, like, man, I don't know if I could live with myself if I started breaking my friend's hands semi-permanently. Like, This is a much longer discussion, but I do think he cares about Kilawa, but the only yeah. way he knows how, which is not healthy. Yeah. 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 I mean, to be fair, his dad did abandon him, but then sent him on okay, a stupid Okay, to be quest. fair, his dad abandoning him is not as bad as that. <laughs> Although I guess his dad did make an island to murder him. No. Sorry, I mean train him. That's what I meant. <laughs> but he could be murdered because he was 11 when he went on the island. So. He did give that convict permission to murder his son. <laughs> By any means necessary. It was very weird when he went to that prison <laughs> and found Malcolm X <laughs> and got him anyways. Oh, dear Lord. Now I need mm-hmm. to rewatch the Spike Lee movie. No, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I got for the anime version. Um, do you guys have anything more to say or should I jump into manga stuff? Um, I think that's it. I mean, what did you guys think at the end where he was gone? Like he didn't stay. I, I thought good for Kilua, but like, will gone actually notice? Like, I can't actually remember what happens from here on out. I'll be really honest. Um, it's like, will gone notice? Will gone notice him? Gone? Will it matter to gone that he's gone? It matters to us, the audience, yeah. but, you know. It's so sad. Yeah, it, it kind of just is right now a very one-sided friendship at the moment. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, it hurts. I think every one of us has been in a Kiloa situation. So at least... I think Kiloa made the right move to leave because who knows what's going to happen, you know? And yeah, um, I wasn't expecting to be sad in this way. So <laughs> mm-hmm. this wasn't yeah. the feels I thought it would hit. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting that he left like either one, you could think, oh, he was hurt by what Gonse, so it's like, I gotta get away from this, or I feel like this is gonna be a dangerous situation, but I also feel like it's more on the line where it probably really hurts to see your best friend like this, 
you don't want to see them become even worse. So you have to like take yourself out of that situation, Mm -hmm. which is another way of enabling (laughs) when you think about it. But also at the same time, it's protect your own mental health. So I'm like, I I wouldn't describe it as enabling. I think people getting away from a dangerous situation, even if it allows the person to do something terrible. That's true. Enabling really means you're allowing someone to do something terrible while it's still on your watch. If it's not, uh, I mean, there's obviously like gray to that in the sense right. of like, if you're the only one who can kill your friend who's become evil, then that's different. But that's not the situation. Right. And then, and then, well, anyways, they would think like Gon's actions are, at least from their perspective and also their goals, is technically the right thing to do. It's just not the way it's going out is probably not what anyone expected. And it's probably more emotionally powerful to see because he's gone so angry and not acting what how he has been before. So, yeah, I thought that was tough. I'm like, oh, no, this is uh, not going great. <laughs> it's the hero's downfall. <laughs> Revenge. Yeah, I'm curious don't worry about this if it's too long a discussion, but like, I guess like, how does this feel to you compared to other stories of revenge where it was clearly like anti revenge or like clearly like, Oh, you can be swallowed by revenge. Cause like, you know, oftentimes anime tells the story of like the good revenge. Uh, I think it's rarer to see the bad revenge outside of like military anime. And I'm curious kind of like, what do you think of that? I feel like, it it's kind of giving me the feel like I was I think I was watching Vinland Saga, where it feels very complicated and also like pointless in the sense. Um, I mean, gone. I feel is at the point where oh gosh, Thorlin is his name. The main character Vinland Saga is at when he's at his most um, hurt and vengeful. So I'm curious to see how that will how Gon's arc will go. Will he? to have like a, a realization like I don't think this is the right thing to do or will he get it have his revenge and realize it doesn't make him feel have he doesn't have any feelings whatsoever about it oh man this is spoilers for something else but like someday we should talk about the Norsemen the Northmen oh I haven't watched that yet <laughs> but it's I, interesting I don't love it but I do like it a good deal yeah, I was curious about it because I feel like a lot of Norse-related media it deals with like revenge. So I don't know if it's just like a very important part of the mythos, or that's just what is the most entertaining part um, <laughs> that people so find. This isn't really spoiling it because it's like literally what the story is. But Hamlet is based off the same story the Northmen is based off of. So take that as oh. you will. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, the same like ancient story. So mm-hmm. take that as you will. But um, yeah, unless anyone has more to say about the anime, I'm down to jump into the manga. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to send you guys some pics. Don't open them yet. Or too late. I mean, if you have already, don't worry. But uh, the first one kind of just emphasizes how much Pito does not care what Gon is saying when Gon first shows up. Um, by having Gon speak and they keep it in a script that looks like Japanese but I'm pretty sure is one scribbles and two maybe even gibberish in Japanese even though the rest of the panel is in English 
um they just like have like pito basically just being like i'm not gonna fucking listen to this so check that one out it's pretty great Uh, i think the accompanying line in the anime was just like you know pito didn't care what gon said or like it was garbled or something like that Mm. uh the next image so definitely feels like japanese yelling i don't know but like it definitely feels like you know how like you put all caps in english for yelling oh yeah same thing what is the all caps equivalent in japanese yeah it's this? using a paintbrush. It's calligraphy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just like do like beautiful calligraphy to indicate yeah. how fucking pissed you are. Because then, like, doesn't like calligraphy express emotion in both Japanese and Chinese? And so, and... so yes, but I'm talking about like on the internet. Oh. <laughs> Someone needs to just make an angry font. It's like we literally did the five thousand most common characters in angry font. You can use this globally now. <laughs> Uh, so another thing that's interesting, the Viz translation uses he for Pito. And so there's this panel that I've sent as the second one, which is just Pito's ghostly form with a faded cat behind them uh, in front of Komugi that just says, he's like a mother protecting her young. And I'm just thinking like, yeah, the pronouns here are wild. <laughs> yeah, that's and- interesting because I think they're playing more in like Pito's gender and big beauty, but... Was when was this translated? I forget. I also forget. Well, I know we had an entire episode where we talked about the translation stuff and how I just decided to start saying they, just because it's kind of more ambiguous, um, right? On a number of levels, and I think my perception was that Pito themselves didn't care. Yeah, like it would be like a gender binary. But if this was like translated, even like more than five years ago that would not be really a thing at least defined the way that we know it today so yes and no i feel like translators of japanese media were more on the wavelength not not in the sense of like a modern like a quote-unquote contemporary understanding of gender so much as just like the use of like differently gendered pronouns had precedent in like anime and manga going back to like the 80s and 90s Mm -hmm. and so like i feel like this is like one of the few contexts where i would have expected a somewhat mainstream thing to kind of be more obsessive about figuring out what they wanted to do Mm -hmm. um yeah so i don't know but uh, the final image i sent i think this one might have a reflection in the anime but it shows going looking at uh, komugi under surgery and just seeing like kites like horrifically fucked up body under there and uh, was there a shot like this in the anime? I think so. I don't know. Uh, it's been a while since I watched it. No worries. Yeah, it's just, it's real uh, disturbing shit. I don't actually think it was like this. I think it might have been more implicated versus, I don't think they went this far because this doesn't look familiar to me at all. Okay, I recently saw a color version of this and I'm like, oh, maybe this was in the anime and I just didn't notice, but oh, I wonder maybe. if you this frame. Oh, you know what? Maybe it was an anime. I actually. What was weird is I remember looking at it and it looked like the color scheme of 99. And I was like, well, that definitely didn't happen. Mm. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I got uh, for this. So with that being said, like, you know, kind of reaching the end of that episode, uh, you know, I do think. Do you guys remember the death in this episode? Because I remember it. The death of Gon's innocence. <laughs> I was literally about to say, fuck, you actually got it. Damn it. 
Uh, but yeah, what, how, how do you guys rate the death of Gon's innocence? 11 out of 10. Yeah, I love this shit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We can see who the sadist. I love this shit. <laughs> All this kind of character um, journey, I just find it really interesting um, and fascinating. Um, especially with Gon, he seems such what you know of him so far until up to this point. He was such a bright kid, carefree, um, but when you take into account his other aspects of his personality, like, you know, like each personality trait can be either a positive or a negative, just depending on circumstances. And this is how you could see where someone being um, determined and also uh, very caring of who they love can turn to like a dark side where they're like single mindedly angry and hurt and they can't see outside of like their own feelings and the anger and no empathy for anyone else um that isn't part of their circle so i find i i really like this episode yeah i think it's interesting to think about gon's journey sort of because like for a lot of other anime characters uh like yusuke included oftentimes the main character's journey is about extending their circle of empathy to like larger and broader groups while Gon's it's kind of the opposite where uh I won't say that he's getting less and less empathetic but more that he's getting more and more punitive or Mm -hmm. that like the contradictions in his like morality or lack thereof are coming to the surface like the naivete of it where like Gon it's interesting because like if you look back at the fight with Genthru he was willing to heal those guys right after no questions asked, even though mm-hmm. they had definitely were going to kill Gon, they were going to kill Kiwa, and they were going to kill Bisky. But because Kite is a proxy for Jing and a link to Jing, like he is somehow a reason to just like fucking murder everyone about. And I think that is interesting. R- real fatherless shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder also the circumstances too. The fact that his uncle dad figure <laughs> as um got her in a in in a situation where they felt as powerless as they ever felt before. Like anything that they faced bef- prior to the Khmer ants was n- could not compare. Yeah, I wonder how much of that. I I agree with that. I wonder how much of that is like in the other case, like everyone else is kind of sporting in the sense of like, oh yeah, we'll have a one-on-one fight, martial arts style. Mm-hmm. Um, even Genthru, who was like going to blow them up, they tricked him into a, a situation where they had like a martial arts style fight and that's why he was like okay with it. Meanwhile, in the case of Pito, like it was literally a predator hunting them. Right. Which dovetails to something in the post-anime manga, but we'll get to that many years from now. <laughs> many, many, <laughs> I don't think it'll actually be many years from now, um, but there's definitely some interesting stuff with characters who are who you already know about who deal with these themes. But uh, Megan and Hannah, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on these episodes? Like, I genuinely love this, but I also part of me hates it. Right? Like, I think my like I love the growth. Like, I love not just growth. I love development. Right? And I love mm. I love when things change, but we know why they change. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, like and, good writing. You know, yeah, like good writing, right? Like I'm, I'm really excited, but at the same time, like part of me is all like, part of my brain is like, why can't we all just get along? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why 
why can't he just respect and love Kilama the same way he respects and loves Gon, right? Um, but, you know, it wouldn't be a good show if it was <laughs> everyone got along all the time. There's a reason, like, reality TV is so dramatic, right? Like, it's entertaining. Right. Um, I won't even say reality TV. But just, like, I'd say stories. that even, like, quote-unquote, great works of fiction rely yeah. on, like, exploring the inherent differences between groups of, like, constructed or natural groups. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I do like how his temper tantrum makes sense to me, mm-hmm. right? The more I watch it, like, it is a temper tantrum, but it comes from a place of, like, love and rage and anger and pain. And, like, it, it makes sense. But it's also, like, damn, man, <laughs> you could just be a little nice to Kilo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, especially episode 116. I think it's a really interesting, like, I guess, like, character insight for Gon and like um in general like we always talk about Hunter Hunter subverting a lot of shonen tropes and I think this is another continuation of that where um a main protagonist um is faced with an obstacle especially one that kind of conflicts with morality and instead of automatically you know, being self-sacrificing, he initially is leaning into, and in a way, his own selfish desire. And it's only through, like, Kiloa that he's able to scale back slightly, you know? Um, and that's not something I was expecting initially from Gon, because especially, like, yeah, he's a little feral, and he's a little, uh, <laughs> oh, in the beginning of the first few seasons, but now we're getting into a really dark aspect of his character that you're just not really expecting. Um, yeah, it comes from, like, legitimate reasons, like rage, sorrow, um, and, like, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it makes me nervous. Like, everything else in the Chimera Ant arc, I'm very nervous about the next set of events. And also, in 115 with Ikalgo, I'm nervous, too, because I don't want him to get caught, <laughs> you know? So. Oh, yeah, he's pulling some straight-up Metal Gear Solid shit yeah, right now. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm very nervous. Um, I think these were both very good setup episodes. Um because mm-hmm. like I think there was some action, but not a lot really. So I just know the next few episodes are gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I came in here ready to like talk shit about one fifteen and like one sixteen. I actually really like a lot. I I like one fifteen, and I think this discussion has improved my feeling about it. But it's just such a contrast compared to the past like four episodes, where mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the past four episodes like a lot. Some of my favorite in the series, and one fifteen is just really great, <laughs> as opposed to like greatest of all time like in the series type thing right um but uh i you know hearing what you just said about it being sort of like a setup episode i think you're absolutely right and from that perspective uh they're both really good but uh yeah um i guess unless anyone has more to say sarah i'd be curious to know what you think is is gonna happen Ooh. well Gone is going to wait that one hour. <laughs> Not happily, but he'll wait it. <laughs> he'll do it. Um, I don't know. I'm wondering what Kilo is going to do. Because I thought he would stick by Gon's side no matter what. So either he's like hiding in the shadows somewhere nearby, or maybe he's going to 
don't know, try to find Kite? Wait, they have Kite. So, I don't know. What is is he supposed to do? (laughs) I actually totally forgot what he was up to until you started theorizing about like just now and now maybe, I remember what happens. Maybe he'll help Okago. Maybe like this friend is a jerk. I'm going to help my new friend instead. Oh, but I don't think he can help Okago. Okago is at the bottom of that elevator that you need a special uh, code damn, for. Damn, that's true. Then and he's it, probably... The one that measures your weight too. I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what Kilo is doing. Um, yeah, I think... I'm hoping that Knuckle pulls a victory against Yuppie, but we'll see. And then, um, I I think Netero and the King are going to fight. I feel like that's the only other big thing that could happen. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to see what comes of those. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat at our Facebook or Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. Heads up, check us out at patreon.com slash Spirit Hunter Pod and join our public Discord where we'll be discussing the shit out of Hunter, Yuyu, and much more. Speaking of the Discord, if you want to support us uh, another way, you can help us by giving us a written review on Apple Podcasts. So I have here written each review gets a surface to tens or hundreds more people. Apparently, more recent studies have shown that's not necessarily the case. Uh, like, the, there's not good metrics on it. But what it does do is when people do find us, they see it's a quality show. And because of your opinions, people will actually listen in. So thank you very much. And please continue to do so if you feel like it. Finally, today's intro and outro themes were made by Michael Shingo Crawford and Maddie M, respectively. Check them both out on YouTube. Also, big shout out to our editor, Tommy, who has his work cut out for him. Thanks to him, the rest of the crew can focus more on doing research and talking to Gashi. See y'all on the other side. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.